If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Veronica Karaman from debilitating chronic fatigue to the U.S. Open in six months' time. Veronica knows something about developing a championship mentality for overcoming adversity to make the impossible possible. The founder of TrueChampionAcademy.com, she is a speaker, golf professional, and high-performance coach for aspiring athletes and other achievers. She's also an eight-times best-selling author of The Champion's Way, Core Foundations for Achieving Peak Performance in Sports and Life, and her newest book, God, Make Me a Champion, An Athlete's Journey of Faith into the Power of Surrender. Her passion and mission in life is to release the inner champion in others, and she is going to do just that for us today. Wow. Welcome, Veronica. Wow, that was such a great intro. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Oh, wonderful. And I just, I feel your heart and your passion for helping others live their best life. And that might include being a champion or just like helping them be the best they can be. And one of the things that really touched me in researching you was your work with kids. I actually started crying a little bit. Because, because I was like, I was so touched by this um, young man's story that you have on your site of how he overcame mental health issues, you know, because it's not just about becoming a champion, right? You know, it's really interesting, um, that story that you were referring to um, as a young man, and he's shared his story a lot, but, you know, whenever you're aspiring, particularly as an athlete, um, you give your all, you know, like I often say that athletics and competitive athletics, it takes all of you, you invest all of yourself. And so if you don't have like a framework of how to go through that, if you have a loss, a disappointment, a bad experience, it can take you out. And I think that there is a very spiritual dimension to sports because so often if we experience defeat, if that isn't processed, that defeat gets inside of you and it, and it kills your spirit. And this particular young man um, was a very fine athlete. He could hit his drives 300 yards. He And talking golf. about golf, just for those yeah. who may not and, know, <laughs> golf, yeah. right. Sorry, yes, 300 yards in golf. And um, and so his he became very depressed over, you know, some of those experiences. And his parents who loved him 
didn't really know the best course of action. And so they took him out of the game. Well, the game was his passion. Yeah. So, so so it's like, they're thinking the solution is just take away that thing that's causing, I mean, that's what I would think as a mother as well. Yeah. And so thank you for mentioning that. And so finally they landed on me and I, I first of all said, no, we can't take him away from his passion because that like doubled the depression, you know, but I began with the root, you know, and so whenever you're dealing with what I, my process, which is transformational, it's inside out. And so I began to see that, and this is uh, a kind of across the board, that's so easy to equate your worth with your performance. And self-esteem yeah. is different than self-worth. Self-worth is your value as a person. And so it's easy for young people whose sense of self-awareness and self-worth has really yet to be developed to equate their score with their worth. So I was like, you are not your score, <laughs> you know? And so I took him through a process and this particular um, young man was faith-based to where we developed a new identity. And the identity was based around this concept I call it being a surrendered athlete. Okay. And so when you think of what causes, I call the disempowering emotions in sports or the self-destructiveness in sports, it's the meaning that you attach to things, right? And mm. so if you, if you are concerned with having to control the outcome, with having to shoot the score, with your worth being defined by something outside of you that you have to attain, well, you and I both know that's like the weather, right? It comes in and out or whatever. And so I said, let's define your worth on something that doesn't change, which is God's love for you. Mm. You know, that you, whether you believe in God or not, you're, you, right. are, have a, you are a worthwhile person to be loved. And for me, I just want to interrupt for a moment. For me, I have a belief that God is everywhere, that the divine is within us. So whatever your belief is, that could be believing in yourself that you can do anything. So that I just wanted to say that, you know, regardless of your belief, you can still apply that. Right. And I, I, I also believe that, you know, a plant can't become the fullness of the plant by itself. You know, you need the outside source of water. You need the outside source of the sun. You need the outside source of the soil so that you can grow. Mm-hmm. So to believe that that God is there to love you, you have that that source coming into you. So when we developed that, he then could release the need to control outcomes. Mm. So then he was free to play. You see that? So once we 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 separated how he uh, attached additional meanings to just playing the game, he began to be able to be entered back into the game without the fear of failure, without the fear of of not measuring up, because he was free. And so he began to think, I don't, I don't care about score. I don't care what I shoot. I'm just going to go play. So the flip mm. side of that was, uh, I always say champions master processes. 
So when we took his attention off of the outcome, off of the score, but I still had to refocus him on the processes. So in the champion's way, I have what's called four champion zones, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. So each one of those, like the physical is your, your mechanics, your training, your, yeah. your, mechanics, your fitness, nutrition, energy management, mm-hmm. that's one lane of the highway. The next is mental focus, concentration, champion mindsets. The next is emotional, and there's a whole grid for what I call high-performance emotions, but for the sake of the conversation, we know positive versus negative. And then spiritual and performance was identity, higher purpose, and values. So we began to identify a process in each one of those categories and have them do them concurrently. So shifted his attention from the outcome, onto the process, built his sense of identity up through what I call champion declarations. What do you believe about yourself to be true? So I call it connecting the head and the heart. So we did those things. And in less than two months, uh, Carson goes out and he almost wins the state championship. Oh my God. That's amazing. And how old was he? 16. 16. what was so amazing, like he only lost on the third playoff hole. And the reason he lost was because there were all like these media people and, you know, some cameras around him. And he had gotten so caught up in the fact that, you know, he was having attention on him that um, he took his focus off of, you know, the the flag, the the winning. But it was a profound story. And he recaptured his sense of spirit and belief and um he's playing great college golf now so it it changed the trajectory of his life and he is whole and he's a happy camper and as i've as i've gone on this coaching journey i've realized a lot of people think and i used to think that the key to helping really release somebody's potential was excellence, like the pursuit of excellence. But I realized the longer I do this, it's the pursuit of wholeness. Mm. Like, Like wholeness has to be the soil, you know, so that you can develop and invest yourself and do these things, but from a place of love and acceptance. So that's what, um, the champion's way about is about. And if you could instill both the the doing and the being side in somebody at the teenage level, you've set them up for life. And um, it's been a joy to take my brokenness and all that I went through as a competitive athlete and develop a way for others to what I become a crack-free athlete. And I ain't talking about drugs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Where They can go all out, but do it from a place, a healthy place. Yeah. Yeah. When crack, you mean like crack under pressure? What I mean, dysfunction. Dysfunction. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Well, it's so incredible that Carson was able to have your coaching, that his parents found you, and that also that he got this information so young 
and can have success in all areas of his life. But I really love that point that you mentioned of like when he was getting all this attention, I mean, I can only imagine uh, like the media and he's not used to that, you know? And I mean, good for him for realizing that and then moving beyond that because it's kind of like letting go of your ego. And because it's like, he had to do that all over again when all this media came, do you think? It's interesting because I, I thought, okay, from a, a performance place, excuse me, like he he got his focus off of what he needed to focus on, but in a personal way, he got what he needed. Like, could you yeah. imagine going from the depths of depression, like to elation, like it really yeah. was elation in just a few months time. I feel like that's what he needed. Got it. He needed Got it. that kind of attention to get him into that really high positive place of, hey, I can't believe this is happening to me. I've never yeah. had this feeling before, you know? Got it. Got and it. So yeah. So way, it was successful. It wasn't about the outcome. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's just very profound. Well, uh, I know you work a lot with golfers. Do you work with anyone that plays any sports or that wants to achieve something in life? Um, I do. Of course, golf has been my sport. And so that's where I have, you know, my applications, but the champion's way system is really a framework of thought that applies to any sport. I just now um, have a volleyball team, a high school volleyball team. Oh gosh, uh, that sounds like fun. I know it's exciting. It's like, um, oh, it's you know translating. And, oh um, my god, what word gets yeah. out, man? You're going to be like competing. People are going to be competing for your time. Yeah, you know what's interesting too is I was coaching a young girl this morning, and and she is a golfer, and she's 13, and I realized there's you know, I always say I can work with anybody one-on-one, no matter how young they are, if they're an independent thinker, like if they can think for themselves. But if they're maybe 13, 14, 15, they're still in this formation development process of learning to think for themselves. And so I've really seen the impact of the parents getting involved to also learn the system. So like I coach, I give the assignment, but then the parents can reinforce and get on the same page to where I call it having the same language, having the same performance language. And so in many cases, the parents kind of become, let's say the assistant coach (laughs) to implement and help shape the, uh, thoughts and experiences and I call it the debriefing of around. So it's interesting to not only coach these young athletes, but really seeing the importance of getting parents on the same page because so often, you know, as you know, the parents' expectations and 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 they can either help make the child or break the child. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. And I, I would think parents might have a detrimental effect, dare I say. 
and not pushing too hard or like forcing them to get into a sport that maybe they wanted to achieve in or, or, you know, living, you know, having them live vicariously the life that they wanted or something. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had fathers that have been so over-involved in their son's (laughs) games. I had to like pull them apart and I had to learn. Cut the cord. Yeah. Yes. You know what I learned? I learned to set up the relationship from the start because, you know, all, not all, but so many of the causal effects of the child go back to the parents. And so I get into this, you know, coaching series and, and then I get an awareness of, oh my gosh, this really isn't even about the kid. It's about the parent. And then I had to like back wheel. And so I just thought from the start, I'd say, listen, I said, I know you hired me for the child, but so often there's an issue that goes back to the parents. Do I have permission to come talk to you about it? And of course they, they, they say yes. So here's, here's what I learned about developing potential in someone. And it doesn't matter if they're a child or an adult. And if, and if the person helping them, let's say it's a parent, either they're too demanding or not demanding enough. Mm. So, or they're, they're too loving, yeah, it doesn't matter, whatever, or they're not loving enough. So it's called speaking the truth in love. So mm-hmm. if I'm coming from a parental place, you know, Parents do this because they're supposed to, you know, I'm the parent and you do this, but a coach does this. A coach comes from to empower, to lift up. And so I have to let that player know that young person, I love them. Everything I do is about helping you to become more of who you were created to be and to perform. So that's me believing in them as a champion. I don't care who you are. Mm. I believe in you. Now, the other piece of that is I'm going to smack you upside your head. (laughs) I have to tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? Because if I don't tell the truth, they don't get to what it is they need to improve upon or develop. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll often say to them, like, like I've, I've experienced this and thought about this for a long period of time. What is the most basic champion mindset of any competitor? What is it? Number one, champions don't quit. Mm. You don't quit from the moment you step on mm-hmm. that first tee or the playing field to, to when the game is over. You are 100% in fight mode. You are full on. And so often you have a bad score on a hole or whatever. What happens? You you think the round's over or the game's over and you, you <laughs> lose focus and all of that. So when I see that in someone, I got to fix that. So yeah. like after a round, if I'll see the moping or whatever, I say, listen, you are a champion. I love you. You're a champ. Champions don't quit. I don't ever want to see that look on your face again. You got to fight on every single shot. So I'm coming straight. Yeah. But I'm coming from here. Yeah. Yeah. I have, that- mothers. I have mothers who go out to watch their kids play uh-huh. and, and, and they're, 
and their um, their emotions are so off the chart, like maybe they're throwing clubs or whatever, they leave the golf course. And I'm like, no, you, you got to stop being a parent in that place. Like, like the mom can't handle it. And you got to be a coach. Mm. Like that's what you say. I don't ever want to see that behavior again, or I'm going to pull you out of the game. So, ah, saying? The tough it's love. Really, yeah. It's shifting how you relate in coming out of parent mode into coach mode to help the child. And of course that's a skill. But oh yeah. And it's also awareness because I think um, a lot of parents, including myself, don't really know what to say because like you're saying, it's that balance because I'll just, I'll just share this dichotomy that I'm having with my son right now. So he's 11. He's still pretty young, but he loves soccer. So he plays competitive soccer and the teams he plays against, I'll just say they run circles around his team. Okay. And, and what you're saying about that face of defeat, you I feel that energy from them because the other team is, you know, kicking their butt and they are starting to give up and feel defeated. And when I am talking to my son after, it's almost like he blocks it out and he can't hear anything that I have to say, I think maybe I need to give him feedback at another time after the loss, but then he's having the opposite experience with flag football where they're kicking the other team's butt, you know, the next day. So it's just kind of interesting. But one of the things that I found is there's that mental side of it, but there's also that physical thing where I just feel like he's not in shape to have the endurance to play full out, like you said, never giving up the entire game. So anyway. So how I would deal with that, let's just say I was coaching you. I would take everything out of the result piece at first. And I would say, okay, let's look at the physical zone. What does, what does he need to improve there? It sounds like endurance. Mm -hmm. So what does he need to do to improve his endurance? Then the mental zone okay, what does it mean to not give up? Like, let's, how much of the game are you able to stay in and fight? Let's just say it's through halftime, okay? (laughs) Yeah. So let's, let's then, let's create fight through three quarters of the game. Then let's create fight through the whole game. So, okay, now you have what I call targets. Okay, yeah, so you have a goal. Mm -hmm. But there's four targets and there's four components to every result and so you can see greater endurance greater fight no moping you know like like calm concentration of course football football has outward aggression of energy but golf is calm concentration okay you can also you could also confidence, you know, also feeling mm-hmm. challenged, like you mm-hmm. can create a positive uh, emotion. And then the spiritual part is, I believe in the champion in you. Let's define what winning is apart from, let's just say a score. Yeah. Maybe winning, and I don't mean participating. I mean, let's do these processes 
And maybe right now on an average, there are, you're a five to be able to implement. Let's get it to a 10 so that you have different meanings for winning. Then you come back after the game and you debrief. I have a whole um, uh, uh, template. Debrief, a template. Debriefing, debriefing. Template. Yeah. And you always start with three things that you did really well, because mm. you always start with the negative, right? The negative is so much more than the positive. So I flip it and that helps them become self-aware. Okay. Right? They're not yeah. thinking about what they did really well. So I said, tell me three things you did really well. Mm-hmm. Now let's go through our four champion zones and let's assess the assignment from the process based. How well did you do each of your processes? Mm-hmm. Did you go from a five to a seven in your endurance? Mm. Oh yeah, I did. I was able to get through uh, to the third quarter. Oh, that's a win. Mm, got so it. Competitions have to be debriefed. I see. So it's not just about, I like how you're being specific because I always look at him. Did you do your best? You know, are, are you performing the best? Are you being the best that you can be? So, but what you're saying is you go deeper than that and have goals. I go more detailed than that. Mm -hmm. So, so like I said, and this is, this is the amazing part about performance and a result. Performances have components. And if you can become aware that there are four components to every result, did I hit that shot or make that play or didn't make the play because of my skill set? Did I have the skill to execute that play? Yes, no, whatever. Did I have the right mindset? to make that play. Like in golf, I was on a coaching call this morning. We're talking about mental errors. And she was like, well, I chose the wrong club for that shot. Well, that's a mindset. That's a mental error. Okay. And then I'll say my, your emotional set. Were you angry? So wait, I wanted to go back. So choosing the wrong golf club was a mindset because she wasn't focused. She wasn't thinking correctly. She wasn't thinking correctly. Okay. Got it. Cause I was like, oh, that seems like a physical <laughs> problem. Okay. Well, it, it was a, it was a decision the way she made the mm-hmm. decision. And, and then the last part is, did you really believe that you could execute that? Did you believe in yourself? You know, I'm, I'm, I have become such a fan of Deion Sanders. I'm so fascinated by the, you know, the University of Colorado. And of course, yeah, I'm say, here. I'm here outside of Boulder. Yeah, I'm here outside of Boulder. So, oh, so you got it, girl. Yeah, we got him. We got him. Yeah. Wow. So it's fascinating because I'm I'm looking at what he's doing with his team from my framework. I'm saying he's employing the champion's way. I can just, you know, put all of that out there, and it's interesting. Because I was analyzing it from my own perspective of why yeah. they lost, you know, the game to Oregon. And of course, there's so many reasons, but one of them is, it's very interesting. And, and of course, it's, I love that you're analyzing this right I, now. <laughs> in fact, I sent, I sent him a DM. I was like, I was encouraging him, but here's what, here's what I was thinking. And this is from my experience as a coach. When you have a new winner, 
And I would call that team new winners, right? Yes. All these new, he's not, but the team is. So often when I have gotten a player to have their first win and winning is a mindset that can be developed. And I know when they're ready to win. And then let's say they win big. So often, and this is such a pattern, it is followed up by a big loss. Interesting. It's become such a pattern that I've looked at it and said, what happens psychologically? And here's what happens is that you begin to have an expectation Mm. of winning. And so the expectation can also become an assumption. But when you win and you go to the next competition, you have to go back to empty. You have to go back to Mm. ground zero because you have to stay fully engaged in the processes to create that win. And I love all the hype. I mean, I think it's all great, but when you get your attention and your mm-hmm. energy, the energetics of performance out here, it, it can take you away from the laser focus and what you need to start again as if it's your first game and you're all in. And, and, and when I get my players back to that place, then they start winning again. And so they've taken an expectation of of winning just because they won before. And I think that is so important to understand you have to go back to empty. Mm. And maybe that didn't happen. I mean, we don't know. We don't know the details of how Dion was coaching them or (laughs) whatever it might be. But but maybe he was in that frequency and energy too of kind of letting it go, thinking, okay, just channel forward. We're champions. We win, da da da, without doing what you said, getting into ground zero in the process. That that is fascinating because I thought it was. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It oh, I was just, yeah. Him. It could have just been the players because they're new yeah. at winning. That's all I'm saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, and this might be the same theory, but if you're if they're not used to winning, it's like waiting for the shoe to drop. Oh my God. Like they might even have be having that anxiousness. Oh my God, what's going to happen to us if we don't win? And, yeah. you know, and like, so, so much heaviness it felt like heaviness around it. And plus Oregon's a really good team, you know, so that's one, one aspect of it. But I just think sometimes people could be like sabotaging their success. I think it goes back to that idea that we started off with. And by the way, I'm really enjoying this conversation with you um, of attaching additional meanings to things. Like when Dion was saying, uh, okay, the one game defense was bad. The other game, the offense wasn't so great. We haven't had a chance to really put it all together yet. And so it's like there's an incremental progressive um, mindset that, that comes into that next performance. But it's interesting because even though, you know, Oregon kind of came in with we're not into clicks or into wins, they were much more simple. And their energy was just, let's go play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And it was the energetics that I think were different because there was so much hoopty don expectation and energy. And I, I'm just saying this may have had something to do with it. It may have not, but from my experience in golf is that, that there is a, um, a plausible um, explanation at least uh, as to what contributed to that outcome from that energetic psychological place. Yeah. And that's fascinating because a lot of times people will just jump to, oh, they're better because they won, you know, uh, and then already, I mean, even the ratings are like putting them in a category and ranking them yeah. and, it, but it's not necessarily true. It's just like that, the energetics of that day, the dynamics yeah. and everything. So, you know, the other thing that, um, I've discovered and I DM Dion about this, Oh, are you guys friends? Yeah, I just reached out to him. That's oh, all. you just reached out to him. Okay, yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So the the other thing that really struck me is I had an experience one year where I was playing in a championship, a senior championship, and I was up by five shots after the first day. So I was leading the tournament by five shots, and then I was staying in a hotel where it was right off the interstate. And girl, I could not sleep a wink all night. Yeah, I got to the course the next day. I had to get up at like 4.30 because I had an early tea time. My brain could not function. I couldn't mm. focus. I couldn't. I lost the championship by 10 strokes. I had an 11 on a hole. I mean, that's like a lot for hole. you, right? Or so, anyone. <laughs> oh, I've never had an 11 in my life, but here's what happened. When I got off that final green and I was walking in my car, I was so thrilled that I felt the defeat came sliding off my spirit mm -hmm. and this song came flying out of my mouth. Oh my gosh. Are you going to share it? I am. And I'm not a great singer, but I'm going to share it anyway. Oh, beautiful. It's just the score and nothing more. It's just the score and nothing more. I play free. I have the victory. Bye-bye. 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 Bad score. Aha. Uh -huh. All of a sudden, I realized, oh, my gosh, I have victory and winning. And victory and defeat, I call that total victory because my worth has nothing to do with my score. Yay. I like your singing. I, I, really, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I love to sing. So, so I just feel I, it's so I, inspiring. I mean, it's inspiring yeah. to sh for you to share your experience of what works for you. I mean, do you train your clients on that too? Have a little song? Absolutely. I created a little <laughs> video on my website. It's a, if you go to truechampionacademy.com and go under my story, I, I actually recorded that whole story on video and uh, at a later date. So, you know, you can go there. Oh, that's awesome. I started, I mean, I had to give up the game for five years because it almost destroyed me because my worth was my score. 
And back in the day, I, there was nobody there to help me understand my wiring. I had chronic fatigue for almost 17 years off and on because I would achieve and then crash, achieve and then crash because I didn't realize that my value wasn't caught up in a goal. And so I love to compete. I love to kick butt, but I had to start from a place of love and acceptance. And that way I don't lose myself in the pursuit of a goal. Because when you do that, and I, I realize this in really analyzing what happens is you separate yourself from yourself. If I have to find myself in the goal, then I've separated myself from myself. And that's where the destructiveness comes in. That's why somebody can go and, and win an Olympic medal and then go want to commit suicide the next day. Because Wow. Does that happen? I didn't even realize that that happened. I, I guess I'm naive in respects to competitive sports. Yeah. I remember reading a story, story on Nadia Comaneci, the great gymnast, mm -hmm. where she, and I, and this was years ago, but she drank bleach. Like she, just, <gasps> like, like, like these, these things, because the goal becomes your meaning, but the oh. goal just, you see what I'm saying? And so, yeah. So after they achieve that, they, they find they no meaning. Yeah. And, and I, I did have someone help me understand that a results oriented goal is based on an event. So let's just say you don't achieve that goal. There's nothing after it. You see, that's where Humpty Dumpty falls off the wall. But if you fo focus on what I've been talking about in the champion's way, process oriented goals, that happens over time and a continuum and what I call a personal growth approach. And so like now I'm a senior, like, okay, so I still like to compete, but I don't do it year long and I don't do it all the time. And so I, I step out and I step into competition, but from a place of love and acceptance, knowing that I'm doing this not to define myself, but to express myself. Oh, I love that. That is the most beautiful statement I have heard in a long time. That really touched me. It's expression. Yeah. And so I'm starting from a place of identity. Mm -hmm. I'm starting from a place of embracing myself. I'm starting from a place of being. And this is what changed everything for me is that the performance oriented person, that was me, my being came from my doing. I flipped it. My, my do, doing now comes from my being. Mm, yes, yes. I, I get it. I get the shift. So I never leave myself anymore. Beautiful. I come back and I say, like, for instance, this year, I hadn't played golf in a year. I'm struggling with an arthritic right knee. The orthopedic doctor's like, the only solution is total knee replacement. I'm like, eh, I'm not ready to consider that as the only option. So I've been trying different modalities, but there was a point where I really had trouble even walking seven holes. Long story short, I uh, began to feel better, 
found out that I could um, uh, enter this tournament, found a caddy. My first tournament in a year, I make first alternate to the senior women's open. So I missed it by one shot. And I realized that the one shot I missed it on was the hole where my knee buckled and I ended up getting a bad score, triple bogey, and that kept me out. But I was thrilled that I put myself in the competition knowing, right, knowing what was going on. And then while I was waiting to get the call, if I made it actually into the open, I said, I need to get another competition just so I have a little mm. more competition so I go down to the South Carolina Senior Women's Open. And the first day, my, my head wasn't really in the game. But I, I tweaked it. And I was playing in a lot of pain because the, the course was hilly. And so oh. but I found out I could get a cart, like a handicap uh, permission, to drive up to the green. So the second day, I did that. And uh, I had six birdies in one round. If you're a golfer, you know that's extraordinary. So I I didn't win, but because I I go into a competition from a process oriented base, I was able to tweak my zones and come out with a peak performance that second day, and was thrilled with the progress that I had made, knowing that just few months before, I didn't even think I could walk a golf course. So now I'm saying to myself, you know, I've mastered, like I've really mastered that mental emotional state. I know how to get in the zone. How do you have six birdies after only three rounds of competition in a year? But I need to work on some tweaks in my swing. Like I'm, anal I'm debriefing. And so you always have to set goals from your debriefing. A lot of people debrief, say what you did well and didn't do well, but then you don't set goals from there. And I was like, what if I took a year? What if I took a whole year knowing I have the mental, emotional, spiritual side down, but the physical side needs some work? And like, let me get really in shape, keep working on my swing changes. Where could I be in a year for that same qualifier? And so now I'm pursuing competition not from a place of I have to win, but out of curiosity. Like, what could I do? Where could I go? You know, like opening up your mind to a new possibility. And so it's a very freeing way to go about uh, pursuing your potential. Oh, that that's wonderful. I love that. And I, I just had a technical question. In playing golf, are you not allowed to use a golf cart unless you have permission? from it's a doctor the, it's not the golf cart when normally when you play golf you walk like okay. that's that's most of it but when you get older as a senior there are a lot of competitions that let you use a cart okay but they don't allow you to drive like all the way up to the green oh um, i see you have to kind of stay on a cart path so i was able to get special permission to use the cart and drive up to the green and in most usga competitions, you, you generally have to walk. So um, there are different, different specifications and a little bit more leniency when you become a senior. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. Well, do you feel that anyone can become a champion? 
I believe that there's a champion in everyone. Oh, yay. I hope everybody takes that in. Breathe that in. You know, I, I do because here's how I define a champion. First of all, God created everybody with incredible uniqueness, with a, an incredible purpose that you're put here for a wonderful reason. Human beings are amazing. But I don't define being a champion as when you get the trophy. There are two distinguishing features of a champion. One is passion. The other is focus. So anytime you can open up your mind to a new possibility, which produces passion, and take dead aim at a target at the same time, like find a process that does both of those at the same time, you increase in what I call your champo meter. <laughs> so if you want to develop your champion potential and your champion identity, what could you be more passionate about? And what could you get a greater superior focus on? And do those things together. So a champion is somebody who isn't afraid to go to what's called the edge of their mental, emotional instability. When someone is a real champion, they want to go to the edge. They want to, what am I made out of? If I really work hard, what could I do? And mm. so someone who is a champion places a demand on their inner champion. Now, you can also develop a champion placing the demand on them. You're better than that. What if you, like, why are you settling for a B when you can make an A? I believe in you, you see? So it's both pouring belief into someone, and I call speaking to the champion in someone, as well as, you know, kind of walking alongside of them to bring out the champion champion within. I'll finish with this. When my mother was 85 years old, she was given six months to live with a terminal heart condition. We were emotionally estranged my whole life. And, really? Uh, was, oh yeah. We loved one another, but there was never an emotional connection. Okay. And uh, she had to quit school in the fifth grade to earn a living in the depression. So oh years wow. Old. She had a hard life. Yeah. She had a hard life. My dad died when I was young, when I was 15. So I, I, I couldn't bear the thought of not knowing at least one of my parents, like what made them tick. So when she was given that death sentence, I made it my aim to reach her heart before she died. And it was a whole different kind of championship because I, I didn't know my mother. And, um, and I remember saying, I'm going to reach your heart before you die. I don't care what it costs, what Aww. it takes, how it's going to happen. But you I are the sweetest. So anyways, I was going through a life coach certification at the time. And I thought, listen, I could crack the code with my mom. I could crack the code with anybody. So I bought her dog, bought her cat, took her old folks home. <laughs> everybody was too old for Mildred. So finally, one day out of total exasperation, I said, mom, that's it. I've had it. Put your tennis shoes on. We're going, we're going to the golf course. So we get to the golf course and I hand this little old woman an eight iron. And my mom takes a waggle. I was like, 
Dawn, where'd you get that waggle? I don't waggle the club. She goes, oh, that's how Tiger Woods does it. I said, you're watching too much Tiger Woods. So she proceeds to take a big old backswing, swings down and pops that sucker almost 100 yards on her first try. I said, mom, I thought I got it from dad. Like 40 <laughs> years later, I got it from you. So I put another ball down. And by the third ball, my mom looked at me with fresh fire in her eyes. And she goes, put another ball down. So that, that started my mother's golf career at 85. At 88, I helped her start a house cleaning business. She had her first paid modeling shoot. At 89, she started public speaking. At 90, I told her it was time for her first golf tournament. So I organized the first grandma open. And at 91, that woman died, my best friend, and went out with a bang. And she literally was blossoming while she was dying. And we turned around that six-month death sentence with that terminal heart condition and extended her life by the grace of God and love and coaching by almost seven years. And I remember looking at her. And I was just trying to help her die well. I remember looking at her one day and thinking, here's a woman, forget the fact she's my mom, who's going to go to the grave and no one knows what's inside of her, including herself. And would I go there? Like I knew I was the only one to reach her that way. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to help her live well. And I had no idea all of that was inside of her because I thought I only had six months with her. And the more we went about creating life, and I realized that, that there is an, an inherent energy in the use of gifts and talents that is not age specific. Mm. So when people get older and they slow down, not only do they stop moving, but they stop developing. And I always say, there's more. And I always say to parents, I say the greatest gift you can leave your kids is not money or things, but the knowledge of who you truly are. And mm. I was so grateful and so blessed that I got to see the inner champion and in my mom and to see who she was and her gifts and her talents and her resiliency. And that was the greatest gift she ever gave me. And I'm still telling the story 16 years later, wrote a book on it called My Shot of Joy, A Miraculous Journey of Redeeming a Lost Mother-Daughter Relationship. They're all on mm. Amazon. And now, now we changed the, her story. We changed her legacy. Uh, and it all started from... I believe there's a champion in everyone. I believe there's a champion in you. Oh my gosh. I feel like that statement you just said, like we could end the interview and that would be like enough. Like that was just beautiful. Um, well, we just have a few more minutes and you're, you want to talk about your latest book right now? God made me a champion, an athlete's journey of faith into the power of surrender? 
Yeah, it was during, thank you. It was during COVID where I had an aha moment. And I, I'm a faith-based athlete. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I realized that I, I just take people where they're at. So I'll either coach holistically or if you're faith-based and want that as an option, fine. But I realize so many people have a faith in God and love to compete, but those two parts of their lives never intersect. And I've had such a journey of that spiritual walk of combining um, athletics and uh, my walk with God together that I thought, let me write a book that defines who a surrendered athlete is, because if you can define something, you can go there, share my stories, because faith is inspired by story. And then for me, end it, oh, sorry, share the stories of other athletes, like Carson's story that we, that we opened up with. And then, a, and then like a, a biblical basis of performance, because people get caught up with well, does God want me to achieve or not achieve? You know, it's like, both <laughs> you know, it's both. Hands. He wants you to achieve, but from a place of freedom and wholeness and, yeah. you know, wellness, it's, it's the wholeness piece. And so but it's a co-creation too, you know, it's like, yeah, it's we have to do our part. Yes. And, it, and that book brings in the champion's way and shows you who does what in the partnership, you know? Okay. And, very pleased with it. And um, I'm, I'm very glad I, I took a year and a half to uh, write it. It's substantial because I go into detail about um, those um, dimensions, but I'm um, working on getting that book as well into um, some faith-based schools. And so if anybody is interested, they can contact me at truechampionacademy.com. The books are available on Amazon and my website is, like I said, truechampionacademy.com. And on there is a, a 12 module video series of the champion's way. I do individual coaching. I can do group coaching and, and keynotes even for, you know, all these principles are applicable to business and, and such. So um, yeah, mm -hmm. I want to multiply my message. Woohoo, let's do it. And last question, what is Zen success to you? I listen to some of your um, podcasts, and I think that I so resonate with you because I think it does go back to that place of wholeness mm. and peace and stillness. And from that place to launch out and pursue your dream, your calling, your purpose. And so... Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to come and connect with you uh, from that place. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you, hearing your incredible stories of your mom and Carson. And I'll put your website, how to buy your books and programs in the show notes. And thanks for joining me on the Zen Success Show, Veronica. My pleasure. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. 
be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen success journey and join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen success in life.